on the one hand, trade contribute to a quarter of those emissions, but trade could also be helping us to reduce those emissions, to transition away from fossil fuel to renewable energy. Trade is part of the problem, but it's also part of the solution. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at the role that trade has to play in the clean energy transition and in cutting global emissions. To limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, scientists say we must reach net zero for greenhouse gases by 2050. That means cutting those emissions to as close to zero as possible, with any remaining ones absorbed from the atmosphere by oceans and forests. Trade is vital to achieving the climate targets, as the global production and distribution of all goods and services accounts for around a quarter of all emissions. This month, the UN Climate Summit, COP28, will dedicate a day to trade and its role in fighting climate change. We're joining me now is Chanteline Carpentier, head of UNCTAD's Trade, Environment, Climate Change and Sustainable Development Branch. An agricultural and environmental economist, she believes in partnerships to address pressing issues, and she cuts her own carbon emissions by recycling and biking to work. She also competes in ultramarathons and Ironman competitions. Well, I'm totally in awe. Chanteline, thank you for joining the show today. What are our Paris climate goals and how can trade help us to achieve them? Because it's kind of a contradiction of terms, one would think, climate versus trade. First, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. It's very interesting because until very recently, the climate community was not really looking at trade as a mean to help achieve the goals. And the goal is to stay within two degrees increase, but ideally less than 1.5 degrees because we know that the impact are increasing exponentially as we get higher temperatures. And so we see this as a real opportunity because as you mentioned, on the one hand, trade contribute to a quarter of those emissions, but trade could also be helping us to reduce those emissions. For instance, by allowing access to the technologies to those countries to transition away from fossil fuel to renewable energy, to allowing consumers to have access to environmentally preferable goods and services at a cost that is affordable. Trade is part of the problem, but it's also part of the solution. So in real terms, what does that mean? How can trade actually help? So for instance, if you want to buy a fridge that is energy efficient, but that fridge costs you twice as much as the fridge that uses a lot of energy. It's really difficult for a lot of people, even if they wanted to, to reduce their emission because they have a limited budget. Trade allows us to reduce the price of those environmentally preferable goods and services. For instance, a sustainable agriculture. We all know when you go to the market, your organic food is more expensive than your traditional food. And many people cannot afford it. So by making these goods cheaper, Every citizen can contribute better to the reduction in emissions. Trade is also helping the industries to reduce their emission by having access to the technology and reduce their pollution. But the problem is some of the trade measures that we have right now are limiting some of this technology transfer, such as the intellectual property right protection. So we want to protect 
the innovation of our companies. But some of these measures are actually at a time where we are in a crisis to achieve a climate goal, are slowing down this transition towards renewable energy. So we need to start exploring those measures that we have already agreed in the trade agreements. How are we doing with making trade greener and cleaner? What's the good news and how must we improve? There's many things that we do, and I really believe we have most of the solution already. So where we're making progress is several areas where actually my branch is working on. Trade in biodiversity, sustainable use of biodiversity that create livelihood for people at the same time as giving an incentive to preserve the forest, which, by the way, is sequestering carbon from the atmosphere. The ocean is one of the largest sequesters of the carbon, but we need to make sure there's an incentive for these fishermen and these fisherwomen. There's four million of them, depending on fisheries. We need to ensure they still have a livelihood while they transition towards this net zero. Um, and they don't have the capacity right now, though the technology exists. They don't have the money or the skills to be able to transition. So one of the things that we're working on is transition of the fishing fleet towards renewable energy. We're working on plastic substitute because plastic is based on fossil fuel. So if we could change the, the, the packaging that we have for trade, or when you go to the grocery store to buy your fruit and vegetables and your food through with seaweed that is extracted from the sea, uh, then you would reduce carbon, you would increase livelihood for those fishermen, women and fishermen, and you would also sequester more carbon because seaweed is actually a very good sequester of carbon. And we're also working with our uh, sister agency, the African Economic Commission, to help 20 African countries to look at what is their comparative advantage in environmental unfavorably preferable goods and services, and then help them to develop those value chain so they can actually benefit from this transition that we're doing. So these are all going well, and we're very pleased that there's the big economies like the US and the European Union are putting in place very ambitious policies. What UNCTAD is a little concerned about is that some of these policies, because they're big economies, will have an impact on market access for these developing countries. So these tariffs, these industrial policies, these subsidies that are in these big bills that these, these countries are putting, it will help the economy transition, which we want. But what we need to secure is that developing countries are not left behind because they can't make the same level of billions and trillions of investment to support the industry. This year is the first time that there's going to be a trade day at COP. What will be happening and what will be discussed? We're very excited about it. It's the first time we have a trade day. Mm. And uh, we're working really hard with our partner, the presidency, the UAE, as well as the World Economic Forum, the International Chamber of Commerce, the WTO, to organize that day. We're going to have uh, several sessions on menu of options on trade measures to advance climate, how trade can help achieve the climate goal. Uh, we're also going to look at the reskilling of the labor force as we transition to new economics. We're also going to look at critical minerals because that energy transition requires these critical minerals such as cobalt and lithium and others. And that needs to be done in a environmentally, socially um, responsible way, but also in a way that allows developing countries to have increased revenue, not just to export these raw material. And so we're going to discuss that. And we're going to discuss investment. Throughout the day, there will be session in the trade house and in the presidency stage, where SD Greenspan will be speaking at several of these events. For once, we actually could have some trade minister coming 
Because oftentimes what's happened in the past is that the environmental ministry are the one dealing with climate change policy, and they don't necessarily go and talk to their trade minister. And so having the trade minister there, we have a session of the coalition of trade and climate ministers to have that discussion, to start exploring these things. And it also will raise the visibility you mentioned at the beginning. People do not think of trade as a solution. They see it as a problem. And we want to show, no, trade can be a real solution. And you're not going to reach the net zero without trade. We, we really hopeful that this was raised raise the visibility, but also bring some of the solutions. And as far as COP goes itself, the UN Climate Summit, what are you hoping will emerge from the conference this year? Well, given the priority of the presidency of the UAE and also just the urgency, we expect something on renewable energy. We need to triple the investment in renewable energy and we need to double energy efficiency. Something on fossil fuel because it is a fossil fuel-based country. We also hope there will be a mandate to start exploring these issues on trade that can slow down the transition. Now, if trade really can get back on track to meet these climate goals, what effect will that have on other major contributors to global warming? 25% of the emissions come from trade. So on the one hand, if we have an incentive to produce goods and services that are less emitting. You will see less emission from aviation, from the plane that brings the good. You will see less emission from the ships that are carrying those, those goods that we love to get. And you will also, we hope at UNCTAD, have supported a just transition in a sense that you don't have climate policies that are made independently of the trade policies and vice versa, which mean that you basically forget the development part of climate and you focus on the E of environment and you forget the S of social of the SDGs. If we have a, a successful reform or, or rethinking of our trade system, it should lead to a just transition where it's co-benefit between the development and the climate are maximized and the trade-off are minimized so that we actually bring developing countries, they're able to take advantage of these new business opportunities, these new trading opportunities to develop, as opposed to be left behind because we didn't pay attention and we put in place incoherent policies between development and climate. Thank you so much, Chanteline, for breaking that very important issue down for us. That was UNCTAD's Chanteline Carpentier, who was this week's guest. Tune in to the Weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, UNCTAD.org. I'm Sarah Thompson-Geneva. Goodbye for now. <laughs>